When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is October 16th, and we are coming to you with John Boy and Jake Radio. This is the second ever test show. We got Brewers and Dodgers in the NLCS. Aaron Rodgers leads the Packers to a wild comeback. Are pitchers using pine tar? Do we care? A guy swim with sharks. Netflix is doing some weird shit. New Zealand had some fun with a bird contest. Twitter questions of the day and more. Let's get into it. John Boy and Jake Radio. What's up, Jake? How you doing? Every Tuesday, you have to play a song from a dead artist. Every Tuesday's a dead artist? Yeah. Okay. That's a good Tom Petty song. Yeah. He's got a lot of them. Yeah, he might be Tom Petty Tuesday. Till Bi- TPT. Wow. Till Billy Joel um, dies. Does Billy Joel get his own day? Because that seems like something we should do. I don't know. We could talk about it, I guess. But Tuesday's the worst day of the week. Yeah, two-man Tuesday. You and Hank from Barstool. Don't don't loot me with him. Well, um, that's his big thing that was too. that was my thing first. So that is true. I've been preaching that for years. Tuesday's the worst day of the week. Yeah, I mean, your weeks and, Mon- and my weeks, but they won't really work like that anymore. Mondays of <laughs> Mondays a scapegoat gets away easy. Well, no, Every, everyone blames it on Monday. Oh, bad days back. Ugh. Monday's needed. Monday's necessary. Tuesday, you're in it. I like Tuesday because it's last from the past day. Ha. No, you're a fool. I like Tuesday because I like the letter How's your T. morning? How's your morning? How's your morning? Morning's good. We have neighbors really close here in this house, and they're doing construction like a house away. You might hear them if, if my mic picks them up, but just like woke up to some construction guy screaming, uh, which is fine. But it's like, you know, we used to live in a rural area with no neighbors. Now we got neighbors. You watched these games yesterday? I'm not going to ask about my morning. Okay. Well, how's I mean, your morning? It's just rude. How's it's your, just how's, really rude. How, what could happen in your morning? It's 8, 8.13 there. How much have you done? What time do you get up? In- curious, interested, honest question. What time did you get up? Now I'm, on, now I'm very interested. Like 7. All right. And your routine from 7 to sitting down to record? You're, you're missing all of it. It's, it's how I woke up, Jim. How'd you wake up? Dog straight sat on my face. <laughs> Full on, 60 pounds, furry dog, right on my face. <laughs> I didn't wake up from the dog being on me. I woke up from not breathing because the dog was on my face. <laughs> I, it would have been nicer if, if you didn't have to relive this. It was it's a really bad time, but people need to know. Why was why was he on your face? Does it, is, this, is this something that happens a lot? So it used to happen a lot more, and then I told my girlfriend, I was like, hey, I don't love this, because it's startling to wake up to have, like, the dog jump on you. Yeah. 
it's being jumped on by a 60 pound creature um so we've we've shied away from that so it's actually been kind of good recently he'll he'll kind of get on the bed and snuggle up next to me which is delightful yeah that's nice it's like being woken up by a warm alive pillow and uh, today he just took it two steps too far and just went straight belly on my face. That doesn't sound fun. I wouldn't like that at all. Georgie, uh, no. the, the dog I don't like. This is my last day with her. Nobody would, by the way. No, don't count out. There's some freaks out there. No, not breathing. Yeah. Everybody does that when they wake up. Yeah. Um, Georgie, who just snuck into the room right now, if she barks, I'm going to kill her. She she lays it by her feet. She wants to come up by her heads, but we don't let her. So if she like comes up, it's a quick shove back to the bottom of the bed. I just that dude. I I'm not a like a dog lover. Um, I think everyone knows that. But I I'll lay with like Zimmer. But for the most part, I find dogs kind of gross in general. I'm allergic, very allergic to them. So maybe that is why, like the dander and the fur, and even if they don't have fur, like I'm still allergic to it. So don't come lay on my face. She goes by my feet, and then she, like, traps my feet with the blanket so I can't move my feet, you know? Right. So I wake up, like, every three hours and just pick her up and move her to the middle of the bed. But she wants right. to be skin-to-skin touching, so then she comes and puts my feet in prison again. But I get that. Zimmer does it, and I love it, but my grandma's dog does it. I don't like it. Right. Yeah. All right. Rude. So what do you do? Do you, do you shower before we record? Do you get coffee? Do you just wake up, take the dog out, and then sit down? It's like you just give all the options. Like you don't give me a chance to to lay it out there. Well, now just you let, let me be. Now's your chance. What do you do? I usually take the dog out. Or no, sometimes I don't. Sometimes, sometimes my girlfriend does. Um, I've been getting a coffee, and sometimes I I click through some articles and stuff. Nice. So and it's a new routine because this is day two of it. Mm-hmm. What's what's your routine, Jim? Shower. I have to shower. I'm a big like have to shower before I start my day guy. Set my alarm for eight, eight thirty, nine, nine thirty. One of those will get me up. Today the nine o'clock one got me up. Didn't have to wait till nine thirty. Shower. Did you watch? Did you watch any of the American sports? I did. I watched both. I had them both going at the same time yesterday towards the end. What do you want to go first? Brewers, uh, Brewers, Dodgers, or, or or the football? Choose your own uh, adventure. Yeah, we'll get there. Let's do let's do the football first. Why? Why did the 49ers make it so close? Because football hasn't had the same realization that baseball has started to have. And I guess this will segue into baseball later. But something that's been big during this postseason has been using your best pitchers and using your best relievers because you use your best guys, you have a better chance to win. Baseball, football, so many teams still like shut down the offense and stop trying to score more points because there's more risk involved because they think they're going to turn the ball over. And it's just like you're you're the 49ers. You're one and four. Your backup quarterback is in the game. You're winning at Lambeau on a Monday night. You have the ball up a touchdown with like 
eight minutes to play in the fourth quarter, five minutes to play even, and you just run the saddest run plays with linebackers crashing down. So not only are you losing a yard or two on the play, but you're giving the Packers defense and crowd momentum because Martinez and Matthews come crashing through, make a big hit because they know you're going to run it, and then you're dead in the water. Given, I mean, given Aaron Rodgers the ball with any time, which we've learned for the millionth time, is uh, fool's errand. I mean, so first, first Aaron Rodgers ties it up at thirty thirty with a nice, nice drive, and then, then it looks like um, the Niners with Beathard. Is that how you pronounce it? Beathard, Be- but Beathard's more fun. Yeah, Beathard. <laughs> They drop down. They go four wide. He drops down, and uh, the Packers bring the house, and he just tosses it up, which leads to that interception, which a lot of people said was a penalty, but I don't, I don't think so. I, that, no, I think a lot of people get really confused where they can't stick to one thought process. Like they're calling everything, and then they want everything. Called. Well, if you're calling everything, got to call everything. It's like this really mix of. Do you- and people just people let their fandom come in if you're. If you're rooting against the Packers that night, whether you just don't like them, you like a team in that division, or you're rooting for an underdog, your natural reaction is to go, oh, that's P.I. Yeah. And if if you're rooting for Rodgers and the Packers to come back, which is going to be the minority because it's basically only going to be Packers or Rodgers fans, then you're going to say that it's not a penalty. So, yeah, I mean, people in the Internet is just going to be fully skewed. That was a really nice play by the defensive back. Uh, Bethard should have led him a little a little further, and he might have had a chance. Yeah, but while it was end, in the air. At the end of the day, that was a third down play, so that was essentially a punt to like the ten yard line. Yeah, but when that ball was in the air and it was one on one down down the field, it was like, oh shit! If that's a good football moment. Yeah, nothing nothing gets you racing than a long pass in the air when you you can you have time to think like, whoa, if he catches this. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then it, absolutely. He did, he did under throw under throw under throw him on that throw, but he like he was getting like a twelve man blitz basically. Yeah, he it was it was it, up. it was good coverage. I mean, he kind of he I think he read the play right because you're right. They did bring the house, and if they bring the house, you'd throw it to the one man streaking pretty much. Um, he left it short, but yeah, I mean, it, then and this. It, This goes back to teams just blowing it and football. So let's. So that play happens. Green Bay gets the ball back. It's Rodgers. There's a minute left. They have no timeouts. They're on their own 10. And San Francisco had two or three timeouts left. So they run the ball the first play, like a run up the middle. And the guy bounces it outside, gets like 13 yards, and gets out of bounds. And then the whole stadium basically knows what's about to happen. The whole world. Anyone that's watched football before. Now you've just let Rodgers be able to throw it, which means you're screwed. But the thing that's even more ridiculous, because, again, no timeouts, and they're still at, like, the 25, if that. They just allow, like, four straight sideline outs. Like, the only play that they're going to try to run. I don't know if you can use the word allow. I mean, the allow. I think you have. There was one. There was one really good one by Rodgers. That was the, like the back shoulder throw, which I get that. That's on the right side. 
the that's well, impossible. Yes, that's impossible to defend. But that was like two throws later. One was literally an up and out, and the guy just lost his outside leverage. Not that I'm the expert on outside leverage, but literally, you you should be running that def- the ridiculous defense you see teams run at the end of games, where they like literally guard the sidelines. Because that's where they have to throw it. And they they didn't do that. Or run a normal defense. Don't just run a three-man rush. And that's the Niners were just full-on conservative. Yeah. The one throw, the first throw that you're talking about, uh, the Niners allowed. The next two, Rodgers placed perfectly. I have a question for you. Uh, sure. For me, I, I'm, I don't hate the Packers. Uh, my brother-in-law's a diehard Packers fan, so I'll, I like to see him happy. So that's kind of interesting when that happens, right? When you have someone close to you that, like, you're rooting sure. for the Brewers because your good friend, our good friend Krause, is a Brewers fan. Right. You like to see your friends happy, friends and family happy. But anyway, unless you really hate them, and then you like to see them in mis- like you like really love them, hate them, whatever. You're, you know what I'm saying? When Rodgers has that, when when the Niners have the ball, um, tie game. I'm rooting 100% for the Niners to win because it's a big upset. It's crazy. Backup quarterback just beat one of the best quarterbacks to ever play. When the Niners have the ball. When the Niners have the ball. Before the interception. I'm rooting for the Niners. Then you get down to 19 seconds left, 30 seconds left, right before that run play where Rodgers ran up the middle and slid. I think that left you at 19 seconds left. I'm fully rooting for Rodgers because it's incredible. I I want to see talent at the highest level. So I don't care about the underdog story. I don't care about the Niners. Like it would have been, I guess it's just, it would have been less anticlimactic if the, the Roger, like Rodgers just got stopped. Who are you rooting for? I'm saying does, does high level play win you over in the end? When it's not like, you know, rooting interest or rivalry interest. I I have a fantasy skew mixed in there, so it makes it kind of tough. Like I was some somewhat rooting for Rodgers to get points. Oh, okay. Um, well there you go. But yeah, I I don't know. You're I for me it's more so just at everything I've said. You're you're rooting for the Niners because they they beat them and it's it's awesome football. They Marquise Goodwin, the track star, is starting to look like a football player. He's looking like Tyreek Hill Part 2. And your backup quarterback, Lambeau, you came in and you beat them for like 55 minutes of a 60-minute game. And then you just went full full breaks mode. So at, at that point, you didn't deserve it anymore. So I, I was pretty much done with them when they called it quits. <laughs> You're mad at the Niners. Yeah. Uh, I wanted Rodgers to get the last throw. So with 19 seconds left, he threw three sideline plays, right? And then there were six lo- seconds left. Should have kicked it. Like, they should have just kicked it right there. I, but- well, no. So I, I think what they were actually doing there was just running a play because it's a five-second runoff for a field goal, and there were six seconds on the clock. So they just want to kill one second? Yeah. Okay, but... W- all right, so I read that differently. I didn't have that inside yeah. five-second runoff knowledge because he throws the three perfect sideline plays. With six seconds left, he looks at the sideline, goes one more, one more, one more. 
Yeah. I thought if he drops the touchdown pass, just like boom, 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 that's amazing football to watch to watch a guy do that but you're but he he did just throw it away like they weren't even trying yeah 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 but i was ready like that's why that's why the receiver if you look at it like the throw was <laughs> i i feel like rogers left a little like if this guy wants to go amazing catch maybe he can but yeah the receiver didn't even go for the ball and i think those were sideline orders just to run one play so that the field goal would be the end of the game yeah, that makes a lot more sense. But I was excited if he if he did. If he was like, "Fuck it, let's yeah. just let's just finish Again, this right here." Fantasy. I was really excited. I was like, "Wow, this would this would really be BDR." Um, but no, BDR. Big Dick Rogers. Wow. Yeah, I never got into the whole Big Dick slang stuff. <laughs> yeah, we know. Ho <laughs> ho. <laughs> All right. More from last night. Oh, we didn't do the beginning of the segment we wanted to do. Let's get into last night's games. Wait, maybe I did say that. Yeah, wait, I, I kind of did it for you. Nice, thanks. Brewers win versus the Dodgers, and I think this is the biggest win of this series, four-run win. Brewers win 4 nothing. score one in the first, I think one in the sixth, two in the eighth, something like that. Uh, it did get close because Jeffress, who I told you yesterday sucks, almost sucked again. This game was uh, a brutal reminder of why I don't like the National League and don't like National League baseball. Did you watch a lot of this game? Because I got a few things I want to talk about, but I don't know. Uh, no, I was I was I was mostly football mode, and I was I was I was working and doing stuff, uh, talking Nick stuff till like nine Eastern time, pretty much. Nice. So I was I I went straight from that to foosball. Yeah, I'm a crazy person. I had football on the main TV. I had baseball on my second computer screen, and I was editing last from the past on the main one. But, okay, Walker Bueller, right, gives up a, a single um, – no, he walks Christian Yelich and then gives up a double to Braun, and Yelich scored from first, first to home on a double. Pretty impressive. Like, like that? Yeah, they, I think he was pretty fast. Ulyss, Chasin, whatever – Pitch pretty good. Chasing pitch pretty good. But here's the here's the fun stuff. First first pitcher ever to go five inning shutout in his first two playoff starts. Wow, that's pretty cool. It's really cool for Jules Chasin. <laughs> it's yeah. Super cool. Yulis. I just watched a video. Yulis. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> you've got his first name. I've got his last name. Yeah, I just watched a video on how to pronounce it because it's crazy. And they show like all his teammates trying to pronounce it. They can't even pronounce it. Like I have no idea. <laughs> No idea on both names. Anyway, there's a couple things to talk about from this game, Jake. Uh, I want to get into National League and how I hate the National League. I don't think it's good baseball. But in the bottom of the second inning, Manny Machado singles. Cody Bellinger uh, switches places with him on a, a fielder's choice, right? Sure. Then Puig doubles. But Bellinger can't score from first. Now, it's a different double than what... Um, Did he go sexy, Puig? tongue out i i didn't see his reaction because they were showing okay. bellinger who went first to third but right. yellick just went first to home on a double so it's kind of it was like oh right. that would have been cool if they both did it it was a different double puig's wasn't as hard hit like i don't even know if puig's got to the wall or it kind of did right. whatever um but then in the bottom of the second this is why i hate the national league you have manny machado singled cody bellinger grounds out they switch places Puig doubles. Now you have second and third, right? Right. And you have, there's the two storylines from this game. Grandel 
is you can't play him. Like, like yeah. they can't play Grandel anymore, and the National League sucks. So Grandel, there's one out, men on second and third in the second inning. Grandel strikes out, um, one two count, four pitches, strikes out. So then, um, Enrique K. Hernandez comes up in the eighth hole. He they intentionally walk him. Because the pitcher's up next, so now you got right. the bases loaded, and Walker Bueller strikes out on uh, five pitches, two two count strikes out, and like that is, you think like anyone that would argue that's fun strategy? That's not. It's not fun strategy to have your seventh hitter strike out because he's terrible right now, and then you just walk the eighth hitter to get out the pitcher. Yeah. No. No argument. So then that happens again at the very end of the game. Grandel, they, so Jeffress, who sucks, okay, he comes in the game, and it's 4 nothing, and he gives up a single, a double, and a walk, right? And now, yeah. it's, now it is um, the same thing. It's bases loaded, one out, with Yasmani up. He strikes out on three pitches and looks terrible in the process. And this is so this is Jeffers, who I've said looks terrible. Everyone knows looks terrible. Every inning is rocky. The he just gave up a single double walk and you strike out on three pitches. So Grandel, they can't play him anymore. He also had a wild pitch that led to a run. But then they pinch hit Brian Dozier, and you got a guy fresh off the bench coming in because the pitch I just I just I can't get behind the National League. It, it's such a worse product. Yeah, I we're 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 baseball guys, and I think we're going to circle back on that a little bit. I I'm I've stumbled onto some things baseball can do, and I mean this this one won't be a hot take, but like get the DH in the National League. Just just cut the tape on it. You're you're going to have people mad for. Like three and a half weeks, they'll die. And that's four it. weeks later. It, um, and it should be done. And you, I've I've mentioned this to you many a times. It's it, it's literally the most baseball story of all time. Why the the NL doesn't have the DH? I'm gonna rip through it quick. They had a vote. Uh, it was some point in the '60s, or early '70s. And again, this is baseball, so I'll. You know, all the owners know each other, and and they're doing some song and dance. And you have to think about it. It it goes back to like a place in time, and that's how dumb teams are. Like, if you have a really good running back today in the NFL, like if you're the Cowboys and they were going to change the running back rules, you'd be like, no, we don't we don't want those rules because we have as as Ezekiel Elliott. But like that's teams are frozen in time. So this was what what was going on. So there was. There was like four or five teams in the National League that wanted to keep the pitcher hitting. I think because they had like decent pitcher hitters. And then the rest of the league was ready to do to go to the DH. So they had the votes. Uh, they saw what it was doing in the American League, so they were ready to go for it. And so one of the team owners was fishing. And again, this is the 70s. He's fishing with one of his grandsons, and they're in the middle of a lake. And they they slightly tweaked something about the vote. And so the, the person that they sent gets all nervous. He doesn't want to make the owner mad. And so he abstains from the vote. 
And so there was another guy that got sent to the vote who was told to copy whatever that owner did because they were buddies. So he abstains. So the DH didn't pass. So this is why 40 years later we do not have a DH in the National League. And they've just never gone back and done anything about it. Now it's like a After- weird sense of stubborn pride. And it's, I mean, it, it would just make the game better. It would lead to more scoring and less uh, intentionally walking an eight hitter to get to a pitcher and, With and two all in of scoring that position. stuff. That's that's just not good baseball. And I mean, man, we're people are starting to look at baseball differently in front offices. If you're one of those people, why wouldn't you almost burn everything you've got to get through the first five batters? And then for the next batters, just kind of dick around and then dance around the eight spot and the pitcher spot to get a free out. And, like, people are going to start doing more of that stuff. We have people opening games now. Um, yeah, the analytic, the nerds, the nerds, who we call nerds, but in a loving way, because I, I don't hate everything they're doing. Right. I don't hate much of what they're doing at all. They mean well. <laughs> they are going to exploit this soon. We're going to see drastic strategies where the eighth hitter, just if if it's not bases loaded, the eighth hitter just he's not a hitter anymore. Right, like like think, he'll just think, get walked unless it's think, and and this is I mean this will be easier than us pointing at the nerds and saying uh, whatever analytical stuff. So baseball has gone from I'd say even in the early nineties, if you had an O two count, it was like ooh you you might be able to get this guy right now. And have a really quick batter. Now it's basically bounce two or three curveballs to see if you can get them to chase. Like, if you're the eighth batter, it's going to go to basically you don't get a strike. <laughs> so, and I know it's it's been like that for a little bit. I mean, pitchers are going to try to paint the corners. But it's just going to go to them totally dodging that guy. And now you have the pitcher up, and I mean, it's it's just it's pretty awful for the sport. Yeah. Uh, speaking of pain in the corners, the last strike of the game was Jeffers versus Saw that. Dozier, and I mean, it's some whatever. I'm gonna stand by my take because some people are like, baseball's hard. I know it's hard. You're not a professional. I know I'm not a professional. Dozier has to swing there. I mean, it's two strikes, bases loaded, two outs. You can't let the ump call you out on a close pitch. And, I mean, that was way too close to take to not even try to fight off a foul ball or put it in play or just that tough look for me. And I'm not blaming the whole entire game on that at all. There's so much that happened. But I just think you want a guy who's going to swing at anything close there. You have to swing. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think <laughs> you and me can look back at our playing days. I'm, I'm sure we've ended some <laughs> some two-out innings by taking <laughs> taking a pitch over the corner. If, that's how, if, it, if it, I'm not allowed to talk about baseball because I wasn't good at baseball, then I'm not allowed to talk about anything in life. Yeah, well, that, that's my vote. Um, I, I don't know. It's, it's tough to say. Yes, you want them to swing. It's a 98-mile-per-hour fastball on the outside corner. It's, you know, it's, it's, what's the, it's the optics, I guess, but it's, I don't know. You, you can't, I'm not you gonna can't, point, you can't put that. I'm not going to shake my finger at Dozier. Can't put that in the ums game. Like, what are you doing? If I'm a, if it was a, if it was a closer game, I think I'd be more mad. Bases like, loaded. if it was 4-3. 4 nothing. I know. Bases loaded. I, I know. I, 
don't care. It's not like, oh, hit a, hit a grand slam. That's not how baseball works either. Hit a single, um, score two, pass the baton to your top of the order. Yeah, swing and miss, same result. Yes, but but you gotta you gotta put that in your own hands. You can't let an ump's call that you may disagree with. It's like a Hicks. It's like exactly like Hicks. He just looked at the pitch and then looked at the ump like, no, I knew it's, that's a it, ball. It's a great pitch, though. I mean, that's that's what Jeffress is supposed to do. I think this is partially your hate for Jeffress. No, it was know. a really really good pitch. I just don't right. think you can let the ump control the game. Like you, we've well, uh, we've if seen you're you got, Dozier. If you're Dozier, the Dodgers, you're saying don't call. An outside fastball strike. Yeah, I I just completely disagree with that. I think you got to do like what yeah. Gardner Gardner did against Cody Allen in in last year's when he's like, I'm not going to let the ump have any say in what happens here. I'll foul off every pitch. That right. that's close. Well, that's that's his skill set. Brian Dozier's been a 40 home run player who's really struggled since he's gone to the Dodgers. Yeah, would have would have liked not to take that though and end the game. Yeah. Um, uh, Puig deked out. Yelich in this game for some fun baseball moves. Love that. Yelich was on first. Braun hits a little bloop in between second and right field. And it wasn't even the best of Deeks, but Puig just threw his glove up like he was going to catch it. Yelich completely stopped. Ball drops in front of Puig, picks it up, throws it to second, gets the force out. Braun was on first like, no, dude, come on. Dude, and that's not the first time that's happened this playoffs. Yelich has had a couple base running things and it's kind of been funny because it's been in front of Braun and Braun is the I mean this has been the full out passing of the torch from MVP Braun to MVP Yelich mm-hmm. and it's kind of funny because Braun I mean he still has enough street cred up there that he can show his emotions at Yelich where other guys probably couldn't and it doesn't help that Braun has wide eyes anyways. Yeah. But he's given him a <laughs> he's given him a few like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. I mean well, but Yelich can say he scored from first on the in earlier in the game. But yeah, yeah. I a, a good deke in baseball. It's like a fantastic part of the game. Yeah. Bad deke. <laughs> Ugly. Yes. Um Travis Shaw hit a triple. Travis Shaw's swing is weird. It never feels like he completes his swing, but he hits bombs. Yeah. Uh, and then scored on a wild pitch, a uh, curveball right through Grandel's legs to make it Bre- two nothing. Brewers are really cool, man. I, I don't know if we want to fully do this thing right now, but dude, they've they've had Travis Shaw playing second base, who's this one <laughs> B three B guy, and he's he's a big dude. He's six four two thirty. Um so I mean shout out to Shaw for doing it. But you know, you and me do Yankee stuff, and people are complaining about Andujar and stuff like that. Analytics is also going away from defense a little bit. It's a little bit be able to do basic defense, but what you can do with the bat is much more important. And they want pitchers striking out more guys. So it's this whole Brewers team. If if they do it, if they win the World Series, uh, sports are so copycat in every league. They say it the most in in football yep. but every, every league you you copy the guys that are doing it the best hot take hot takes only but like if the brewers do it with the the relief pitcher starting and how they're using hater and just guys playing all over the field who are their best guys not really worried about defense baseball's going to change and i i think it's good stuff but i think it's also Baseball doesn't have it all figured out yet. The Brewers don't have it all figured out. 
the Dodgers, the the final teams, you you can take little pieces like, hey, a Justin Verlander still awesome, <laughs> a Josh Hader awesome, a Travis Shaw that can play a little second base awesome. So I don't know. We're we're baseball guys. Bias. They they only used Hader for two batters, which helps them out since they have three in a row now, uh, because Kniebel came in and he faced six batters, I think. Got six out, uh, but I think he struck out. I think he's faced five batters, and he struck out four. Yes. He came in with one out versus Manny Machado, got a ground out, then struck out Bellinger, struck out Puig, struck out Grandel, struck out Enrique, which the last two aren't impressive. But still, he never threw. He never had three balls in a count. It was um, first pitch, one and two, Two and two, one and two, zero oh and two. So he's just two strikes on everyone. Kniebel looked good. High fastballs, just straight at your face. You're going to swing and miss. Evil Kniebel. Evil Kniebel. All right, that ends last night's games. Um, sports talk. Well, we'll go into what we're watching tonight. But for now, we're going to go to sports or silly. Go to the open floor. What you want to talk about, Jake? You go in sports. You go in silly. I'm I'm opening up half silly. I guess the end of it's silly, and it's Netflix is starting to let viewers dictate how certain shows end, like some episodes of Black Mirror, which is like, that's that's one of Netflix's biggest shows recently. I guess they've been doing this with like some children's <laughs> shows and stuff, which is kind of funny, and I almost like that idea because, <laughs> I don't know, have, have your kid be happy or whatever they want. Eh, that's a whole millennial talk, but basically my big question is, is this cool or is this... It's horrible. Uh, I don't like this, but I, but I, but that's just me personally. I like. I read a lot of books when I was a little kid. I hated choose your own adventure books. I hated it. I, I had my own issues with that, but I, I don't think <laughs> I want to talk about that. HBO just did this, so I should. We should give Steven Soderbergh credit because right. uh, m- 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 Mr. Soderbergh. <laughs> uh, he just did this with a, a show called Mosaic, which Garrett Hedlund, one of my favorite actors, was in. But I'm not going to watch it because. You tell me what the story is. Right. Don't make me work to be entertained. I don't want to choose wrong and then have that on my conscience. If I was to watch one of these shows, Jake, or read one of these books, there's no way that I could be like, all right, I choose he chases after the girl, and then I read that whole chapter or watch that whole next episode. There's no way I won't be able to not go back and watch the other one and find out which choice. And then I'm just like, well, now I'm living in two different worlds that are opposing stories, and I don't know what actually happened. I hate everything about it. Just tell me what happens. Don't let me choose. But I think some people will like it. Um, oh, yeah. At, uh, millennials will love it. It's, it's changing the coffee shop conversation from, did you like Stranger Things to, did you... Did you like the happy ending, or did you like the ending where everyone died? Yeah. And it's just like, ah. I think Mosaic did it with Steven Soderbergh. I didn't watch it, but I think it was more along the lines of, whose perspective do you want for this scene? Do you want to be like in her perspective, how she sees the first interaction, and she hears the conversation, or do you want his? And then you could go back and watch both and, and see which each other were thinking. And like that's kind of a concept I like because you you can you can do some really creative stuff with that but I mean that that's almost not an alternate ending that's 
I'm, I mean, there's some artistic and cool stuff you could do with that. Like, it, that can be, you know, I, I mean, if you do that in a certain order as a director, I think you can do some really cool stuff. Like, if, if there's, I, I'll make up my own movie right now, but, like, say there's a girl watching the guy she likes, and he's talking to another girl, and he, like, whispers in her ear, like, hey, I'm sorry, you're a nice girl, but I really like the other girl. And you are you kind of do a pump fake, like, or fist pump, like, yes, that's cool. Now, you next scene, you're watching the same thing from the other girl's perspective, and it looks like he's leaning in and kissing her ear, and that girl's devastated. You could do some cool stuff with perspective stuff like that, but just flat-out changing how the story goes, that... And you, I mean, you're you're kind of my movie guy. I mean that this has to piss off some directors and stuff, right? Like that's you're basically taking away some of your artistic. God, you you should have heard the different words that went through my head for that last word. All of them so wrong. <laughs> well, some directors will like it because there's always movies where there's the theatrical cut and the director's cut. I think the biggest one's like the first Blade Runner. Where the director just had a completely different tone and stuff, but then the the um, production or whatever they network wanted it more, you know, friendly, audience friendly, family friendly, boppy, lame, um, and less artistic. I think that's always the thing. So the di- directors usually make their own cuts. So if this is a way for a director to do more. I think most directors will like this. Uh, I think most writers. You know what? I think everyone in Hollywood's going to like it because everyone in Hollywood likes doing a bunch of different creative stuff. Like everyone in Hollywood, this is something I always think about. Everyone in Hollywood loves doing animation at one point. Like they just want to try that because they're all artistic. I have a creative side to my brain. I like writing. Uh, like I've had like ideas to write movies and stuff before. And if I was good enough to do it or somehow could do it, I would do it. I would never want to be like, oh, this is going to be my, like Wes Anderson, this is going to be my claymation one. Like Judd Apatow, this is going to be my cartoon. I'd never, like, fuck that. I don't want to do that. But everyone in Hollywood loves trying everything. Maybe you'd come around. You never know. Maybe. Maybe maybe I'd get hooked and they'd they'd explain it, why it's cool. My heart's in Budapest, my my broken treasure chest. (laughs) All right. Next, I'm up. That'd be a song I could end a karaoke night with. Yeah, let's do it again. Give me one more reason why. I just, I don't know the words to any song. What do you got, Jim? What do you want to talk about? I want to talk about this guy in Canada who jumped into the shark tank at the aquarium, Jake. The full story is even better. He jumped in naked, mind you. There's videos. You were excited about this. There's videos on Instagram. Well, it's a wild story because once you read the article, it's like, wait, what? He was at medieval times, okay? Sure. He got in an altercation. Monday night. Medieval times is a great time. Um, He got in an altercation. He assaulted someone. I'm guessing he got into a fight, and they use these big words, you know, like assault sounds... I think he probably got in a fight and punched someone. But anyway, he ran away, okay? And he ran to the aquarium, like five miles down the street, Walked into the aquarium, stripped naked, jumped into the tank with tiger sharks, which will eat anything, anything, naked, did some breaststroke across, then 
went to the edge, climbed out of the edge naked, stood up on the edge, did like a back dive, like a back belly flop, like a back flop into the water again, like causing a scene, saying all the sharks had to be like, um, hello? And then he gets out. There's a lady holding his clothes. She gives him his clothes. And he walks away and they haven't caught him yet. That's a wild night. That's a wild night. I I think there's some important things we need to harp on. Um, a medieval medieval times that close to the zoo. I mean, tuck the fun part of town. <laughs> yeah, that's that's makes for a good night. Uh, this guy had to be hammered. Yeah, hammered, and I feel like a bat because. Well, no, no. I, I'll tell you why. Drunk is the only terms because he had to be so drunk. That he picked a side at medieval times to the point where he was ready to throw fists. And that's just not knowing what's going on. You can get pretty swept up at medieval times. I've been twice in the last couple of years. It's, whew. You're going to throw fists? No. I'm not not throwing fists over anything. Because they're acting out a medieval times story slash fight. Yeah. In in the arena, yeah. Some of the contests before the fake fighting are real contests, like um, like like you have to ride through and throw your like uh, spear at to like it's like darts, but riding on a horse and throwing a big ass right. dart, or, horse darts, or you have to have your joust and you have to put it through the ring, you know, right? Because a hanging ring. I think they really try on those. And me and Luke booed our own knight so bad one time. We we're like, dude, you suck! Come on, what the hell? And he looked back at us and shrugged and was like, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> and then we felt really bad. But if you go into if you go to medieval times, you have to allow yourself to become a child who doesn't know it's fake. Otherwise, you're not going to have fun at medieval times. Right. But a child that doesn't know it's fake. I'm not saying get blackout drunk and punch. No, I'm not saying person, I'm not saying yeah. punch anyone, but I'm saying like you got to get into it. But and then I mean the, the Shark Tank stuff. I, I mean that's you either have to be crazy drunk or I mean let's be honest, suicidal or a secret like shark expert. <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> he's like, like this. This could have also been premeditated. Well, the the way that his there was a girl there just holding his clothes when he got out for him. Yeah. Either. I don't know. I'd have to see the face. Either that's like the or maybe this is a regular thing for him. It's funny that he's all over Snapchat and everything. His dick's out, but he just walked out of the aquarium. Security at the aquarium told him he had to leave, which, like, yeah, of course, but also arrest him or something. And then now the aquarium... Do something, Canada. Now the aquarium's saying they want to press charges to the fullest. But wild night for that guy. If he loses a limb, shark eats a leg, shark eats an arm, does everyone just kind of wash their hands and move on? No, I think the aquarium would have to press charges because they would have to avoid lawsuits. So they'd have to make sure that they put him in the wrong. Do you know what I'm saying? No. Like the guy jumping into the shark tank. Yeah, for during during closed hours. Yeah, for insurance reasons. Like the insurance company is going to be like, "Well, this is your fault." And they'll be like, "No, it's his fault. We're suing him. He did this and this and this." But why? He lost a limb. What what's what are you Why? I don't know. Cuz you got to make sure the insurance doesn't come for you. 
comes for Why are they going to come for you? Because he had an accident at your place of business? He did not have an accident. If he comes at you with that, then yes, you go through all those avenues. Dude, I don't know. People sue But if he just looks at... He could sue them. If he just looks at you and says, I lost an arm, I'm going to move on, are we cool? I don't think so. I think I think if you're the aquarium there, you go, yeah, get get out of here. Ba- don't jump in our shark tank. Bad press for the aquarium. I think you got to set a precedent that if you do this, we don't care what happens to you, you're going to be get jail time or be getting uh, heavy fines. I think losing a limb's like a lot for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, but some people will think, well, I can do it and not lose a limb and get no trouble. Well, you got double then you, then you sue them. Got to double punish them. And and dude, the laws don't protect common sense. Common sense says losing limbs enough. Laws don't protect that. Like he could sue the aquarium for allowing a drunk man to be able to jump in. Why don't you have higher fences? Why isn't it fully enclosed? Well, that's if he does that, then you do your stuff. Yeah. But I think a lawyer would say you got to be. You're, yeah, you ahead went of too it. far. You went too far. You asked a question. I'm answering it. No, you gave a bad answer. No, good answer. It makes sense. Got to sue him. Uh, Jake, what's your next topic? What do you want to talk about? Again, this is sports or silly. I wanted to talk sports. Um, back to third third time I've said this. We're baseball guys. This this comes up on Twitter now after every baseball game. Um, but this is more fun because one of the players gets involved and he's a nut job player. Trevor Bauer, uh, pitcher for the Indians, total weirdo. Um, the the comparison Jimmy always uses is he's like. Uh, just angry wrestler from high school that nobody liked, but now he's in the big leagues and he's like now now he's like trying to fit in with the team and stuff because they kind of caved and like <laughs> I if you're gonna be with us, be better. And now it's just an ugly situation. But um, I mean the the story is pine tar rosin, quote unquote mud. Um, almost every pitcher. <laughs> is using one of these materials to get a better grip on the ball. And it's, it's Jim, I think the reason I want to bring this up is I think I'm in the minority of what baseball people are thinking. But I'll, I'll send it to you first and let you talk about Bauer first because I know he's one of your favorites and then kind of where you're at on this. Well, Bauer sucks. I flip-flopped on him for a little bit where I hated him. And then I thought, actually, he's kind of funny and interesting and like a good character for baseball. Now I'm, I'm I think he's a bad character for baseball. I think they need to really rein him in because um, some of the stuff he's doing on Twitter lately is like, man, you're you're making it really easy for teams to tell guys not to market themselves, and they want everyone to market themselves. And it's like, well, not you, right. Bauer, you fucking lunatic. I think he's. Someone someone said it uh, in some message board I read. I think it was Reddit. They said he's an engineer playing baseball. Like he's a nerdy, Kinda, yeah. stubborn, like kind of. Like a bad engineer. Like, like the engineer you'd hate. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, and yeah, man. I, so I'm out on Bauer. I don't like him at all. I think he's. I think his curveball is really cool. I think all the stuff he does where he like tries different grips and has a lap, I think that's cool. But the way he handles stuff is cool. As far as the pine tar stuff goes, I mean, there's a video out there that's all the Red Sox touching their arm whenever they get a ball. I don't care. Um, I don't care because baseball has told me not to care. Batters, hitters have told me that like instead of the rosin bag, there should be something sticky because players need grip in cold weather. 
And if teams cared, we would see ejections uh, because it's clear both teams and every team uses this. But I don't think any team cares, so I'm not going to care. And that, that's so this is where I, I kind of get frustrated because I, I think I fully decided I'm on the other side of the fence just because. So basically, this has turned into a game of chicken of both of our pitchers use this stuff. And so, and I not to get too corny, but like pitching wins you games. The Brewers won last night because they didn't give up any runs, and the Dodgers gave up four runs. Um, but man, so now we're playing a game of chicken of, well, our pitchers use it, so their pitchers can use it. And again, I, I talked about this a little bit yesterday. Baseball's better if more guys are scoring runs. Some people play the safety card, and that's honestly a crock of shit. Part, pardon my French. Um, hey, man, if if we cannot have these guys throwing 93-mile-per-hour sliders anymore, I think the hitters would do a little better. So I think, I think it's almost a win-win thing. Like You don't have to do this substance debate because every game, each team's fans are going to look at the opposing pitcher and say, oh, Kimbrell's got something on his hat. Oh, that guy's got something on his arm. And now each each side is doing this because they're going to turn a blind side to their thing. And it's like, why don't we just absolutely say no? Or, or like, yes. I, I, here's my thing. If you say yes, now you're basically fully putting the, the hitters at a disadvantage. And like Bauer's saying, I think there's some guys out there that actually don't use this stuff because they're, they're just saying like, oh, everybody kind of does this. And it's like... Well, what does that mean? So everyone is allowed to half cheat, like like you just said. Either and if it is fully okay with everyone, then just put it in the rule book. Like stop dancing around it and having it be one of these baseball's hidden rules. And then twice a year, a pitcher gets kicked out of a game. Like either make it a rule or don't, and just move on. I agree with because I'm I'm kind of done with it. Well, I agree with that. They should make it a rule. And the next time the collective uh, bargaining agreement comes up, they should try to change the rule. So something standardized, I just I, I, I can't deal with the people who send me the videos and it goes viral every day. Like, do you see what he's using? Like, yeah, man, they like they all use it. So as a fan base, like I can't get pent up because I know my guys are using it, too. Like you said, a lot of people can't see that. They just turn a blind eye to their guys and just get mad at other guys. Right. It just it but just leaves fr- too much wiggle room. That frustrates me more. Like, shut up. Like. Because then, then you turn, what if, you know, if Zach Britton comes out with the guy who came over to the Yankees this year and he's like, oh, I've never used pine tar, then, like, the fans are going to say, well, you should use a little. The other guys are using it. And now it's just a mess. Like, I, I don't know. It's, it's in, in no way is it a good thing for baseball. So, that, and that's what baseball needs, more good things. <laughs> so, yeah. that's Well, that's we'll it. see. What if, what, if the, what if the Astros, I mean, Cora was on the Astros last year. So it's also like, if he calls them out, is it kind of bullshit? Because it's like stealing signs, basically, from the team you just left. Like, or you know, you know me. I I love not to go full Joker, but I love a little anarchy. I would love if the series went full mess and they just started calling out each other every pitcher. I think that would be hilarious. It would be a nightmare for baseball. That's what I was That's bad for baseball. It would be awful for baseball. But address the issue. Like if that happened, if 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 they're playing tonight, they are playing tonight. If they played tonight, and every other pitcher that came out of the bullpen 
the manager came out and pointed at that pitcher and he had pine tar on him and had to be kicked out. A, it would be the lead story. No PR is bad PR. But it it would make baseball make a decision on this, which they need to because it's, it's ridiculous. Like, don't get me wrong. I love some of the beautiful stuff on baseball. Don't step on the line. And some, some of the unwritten rules are fun and aloof. But, like, this is dumb, and you're you're getting fan bases angry for no reason. I they should stop it or standardize it. I agree with yeah. that. Yeah, um, I don't think they can right now. So I don't know how you handle the rest of this like playoffs because the Red Sox almost every pitcher had it on their arm. But like, also think about this: your your job as the manager is to win. If you're if you're the Astros manager, which I think you've applied to, and it's Game Seven. You're down a run, and they bring in Kimbrel, and he's got material on him. Hey, man, I'm trying to win that game. Billy Martin, you know? Billy Martin in the bat. I'm, I'm just saying. And again, talk about bad PR for baseball. Wow, game seven of a playoff series. Hinch comes out, points at Kimbrel. He gets the boot from the game. I mean, that would be insanity. And Jim. Terrible look for baseball, it, but you have me rooting for it too. It, Throw a little iron. It could it could happen. Yeah. And like if if I was the manager, and I I feel like this depicts me in almost a bad light, but like, why wouldn't you do that? Or at least try. You get the you get their best reliever out of the game. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm all for it now that you said it. Introduce a little anarchy into the mix. It's a terrible look for baseball, and I'm trying to have baseball have good looks, but maybe it'll lead to better looks. It'll be a lot of eyes on baseball, but yeah, it's pretty... They need to standardize it. Um, One step back, two steps forward. Yeah, I, was, I had something, but I forget. Oh, it's like Billy Martin. Like They knew that um, Brett, Brett's, George Brett's bat had the pine tar way too up on the handle, but Billy Martin was just right. waiting for the moment to say it. <laughs> he waited till he hit a yeah. home run. But I mean, I think that was a really bad look for baseball then because they, then the rules said, no, it didn't affect the home run. And then they, they, they finished the game where like, they went back and finished the game from that part. You know, like, it's like really weird, bad look for baseball from the casual fan. Like what the fuck's going on over here? But yeah. Yeah. But yes. I think just think about that. You're trying to get into baseball. You're hey, you're you're growing up in Boston and Garrett Cole's got something on his arm and you're like, "Wait, why why does this guy get to use pine tar?" I don't know. Yep. It, do something. <laughs> All right. The next thing I want to talk about this is real quick is that New Zealand votes for bird of the year every year. Sure. Uh, they voted for a bird. Oh shit, I don't have the name. They voted for a bird that gets drunk. It it eats fruits that are uh, full of alcohol, and then it is known as like a lazy drunk bird that just falls out of the tree every now and then. It's called in there. It's called um, some kind of pigeon. It's pretty like a pretty looking pigeon. Uh, it's uh, known for becoming dazed and clumsy after eating fermented fruit. It's been named the 2018 Bird of the Year. So I just want to say, let everyone know there's a drunk bird that exists. So is it Bird of the Year, New Zealand's Bird of the Year? It's New Zealand uh, Bird of the Year in New Zealand. So New, Ze- New Zealand votes on a Bird of the Year. This might not be a big deal in New Zealand at all. Like if you ask someone from New Zealand, they'd probably be like, Wait, right. what do we do? I didn't know that. Like 10 New Zealanders. But I think everyone needs to know, Karuru pigeons binge on fruit 
that are then get drunk and they just straight fall out of tree limbs, which is an awesome sight. It won Bird of the Year and New Zealand votes on Bird of the Year. These are facts, you know, just bring them up at your next dinner party. Really bad look for every extinct animal that this guy beat you out. <laughs> That's a great point. Suck it, Darwin. <laughs> That's a really good point, Jake. I'm glad I glad I brought this story up so you could. I uh, my I'm up there on the drunk bird expert scale. <laughs> All right, let's move on again to the Twitter question of the day. I tweeted out what you, what's on your mind, what you want to talk about. We got a lot of responses. Um, I might do this. Every now and then, I'm not going to do it every morning because I don't want to be a guy with a standardized tweet every morning. But send them our way if you have random questions, and we will uh, conjure a list. I have two for us today. Uh, one is very quick, and then one can lead to a bigger conversation, and we're running late on time, so maybe we push that. Let's just do the quick one. Gushers or fruit roll-ups, Jake? Did you have either of these as a kid? So, no, I was I was the bad snack house Um if if we had triscuits, like times were great. Like like times were really good if we had triscuits. I hate triscuits. Yeah, I know. That's kind of the point. Like we, I, I'm trying to think of a snack that would beat triscuits in the house, and it it just hey, I I don't want to send shots fired to to parents across America, but you set up the bad mentality because if anything good comes in the house, then. It's a race to who can have the most of it because you know it's not coming back. Um, but this is an easy one for me. It's Gushers. Easy. I just had a light bulb go off my head. I read this wrong in my head until you just said the words out loud because for like, th- there's a classic rivalry in my brain and it's fruit by the foot and fruit roll-ups. So when I saw fruit roll-ups verse, I just thought naturally it was... Uh, fruit roll-ups first fruit by the foot. I didn't realize Gushers was the other one. That's completely weird. My brain completely blocked out the word Gushers on the screen. Um, it's Scary. Gushers easily. Yeah, I would, this isn't so even a easy. question. I thought it was fruit no. by the foot versus fruit roll-ups. That's, a, that's more interesting. See, I, my childhood didn't even allow that. I thought fruit roll-ups and fruit by the foot were the same thing. No, fruit roll-ups are a square, right? That like they have little characters. Oh you can, yeah, you could punch them out yeah, and stuff. Yeah, and yeah the, I used to stare at the kids eating those. And fruit by the foot was like a little like rolled up. That's thing. A, that's a much better conversation though. That's what I'm saying. That's Gushers is the easiest victory. Where where do you stand on by the foot or roll up? By the foot because it's so much fun to grab the little lip like the tongue and then fling it and it completely unravels. Or it's fun yeah. to put like it in your mouth and then just like keep like slurping it up like a uh, clown tie, but the opposite. Yeah, that that was too. Those those were too risky for me because again, if I got my hands on one of those, it was it was finding gold in the mountains. Katie, so got Katie had friends over the other day. She bought a thirty six pack of fruit roll ups and just put it in the kitchen. That's just rude. We we know that. I threw it out. There was like twenty left. I said, Katie, I'm throwing all these out. She was like, Yeah, that's fine by me. Just threw them out. Yeah, that's right. Can't have that in the house. I mean, eat one. In, yeah. I'd eat one an hour. Fruit by the foot. I just put the whole thing in my mouth and just give like a ugly smile. Yeah, yeah, like it's all like dripping down your face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did it. Yeah. All right. That's the end of the show. What are we watching tonight? We got a lot going on. We got Sox versus Astros. That series at one one. That's um, uh, what must watch for me. Brewers, Dodgers. 
going to be hard to watch all this. And then uh, Rangers versus Avalanche. I'm trying to get into hockey. Well, I like the sport of hockey. I played hockey growing up um, my whole life. It's weird that you say your whole life when you're really talking about like, what, like eight through 18. People say like, I played baseball my whole life. And they're talking about like 10 right. years of their life. It's a weird concept. Humans are weird. Anyway. I guess some people play it as like a hobby still. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? A lot of people say. Yeah. yeah I Whatever. Uh, Rangers. Rangers are 3-1-1. One, and one. Avalanche are bad. Rangers are a rebuilding team. No. No, you, you have that reversed. Colorado's 3-1-1. One, and one. The Rangers are 1-4. I was thinking that. I was like, the Rangers don't have a tie. No. They're, uh, they're, they're actually playing pretty bad so far this year. Well, the Rangers, uh, their offense looks, from what I've seen, and I, and I don't know the players. Dude, I realized, um, I realized like, I'm just going to be honest with my Rangers fandom. Like, I need to learn a lot, a lot, a lot. Because, but hockey's harder to like learn the individual players because you got to really like know the numbers and then like pay attention who's on the ice. It's because it's much more of a cohesive unit than a single player than baseball. The Rangers' offense is pretty good, except at putting the puck behind the goal line into the net. Like yeah. they are fast and they get a lot of chances. They just can't finish in the two games I've watched out of the five they've played. But. uh but yeah, I got, I'm trying to learn the Rangers stuff, so bear with me, I guess. If you're a Rangers fan, you won't accept me ever, I think, because I'm not I'm not I'm die easy, brand new fan. But I'm, I want to learn. I want to watch. Hot take uh, for me. It's it's opening night of NBA. Um, we've got Philadelphia versus Boston, OKC versus Golden State. Um, Russ is out for OKC, um, so that. That kind of sucks for them. Philly, Boston will be fun at the Boston Garden, so it'll be rocking. Gordon Hayward's back. Oh my god! Um, so, are you expecting that... Boston to be really good now that they got Hayward back and this young team has grown for one more year? And You're, this is a scary question from you to me because I, I really try to be so honest with myself via sports. And Boston is obviously the one place where I can get lost because they're New York's opposition for Advers- sports. Adversary. Um, if if this was a New York team, I would be screaming from the rafters just because, yeah, we did good last year. We've got a great coach. We've got what should be one of our best players coming back. And I I just can't straighten it out in my head. I think they're going to run into trouble just because they have so many young guys that proved a lot last year. And now you have Gordon Hayward, a guy coming back that's supposed to be getting 32 minutes a night, and you paid him for that. Um, but it, I I don't know. In my in the back of my head, I know that they're still going to be very good. I just don't think it's going to be as easy as teams think. And I think... Everyone's talking that the East is trash now because LeBron left, but like Philadelphia is going to be better. Milwaukee and Giannis, and they have an actual human head coach this year, are going to be better. And Toronto got Kawhi. So, like, and Cleveland didn't try during the regular season. So, I think Boston's going to have a tough, a much tougher year than people expect. But I, I can't tell how much of that is just my bl- brain blinding itself from other parts of my brain. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we'll see in a couple months. But what else do we got going on today? If you're ending the show and like, hey, I want to listen to them some more. What else are you talking about? We have episode one of season two of Laughs from the Past, which is our comedy 
slash history podcast. Season two is all about the Civil War. This is an introduction episode with some of the just smaller, bizarre stories like a uh, pair of Siamese twins getting drafted. Well, actually, no, only one of the twins got drafted. Uh, The president of Siam offered Abraham Lincoln war elephants. Abraham Lincoln had a great response. Uh, They tried to test out a camel corpse. They tried to test out canoe shoes so they could avoid bridges. Some, Some wild and fun stories, brother versus brother, instructor versus student, because all the generals went to West Point, basically. So the Civil War, some interesting stuff. Go check that out if you want laughs from the past. Season two, episode one. No talking Knicks today, correct? Uh, talking Knicks today. I mean, we t- today technically released the Knox and Frank episode, right? No, but I'll get the I'll get them up. <laughs> <laughs> should <laughs> might might shoulda. Um, yeah. All right. Well, we'll get those up soon. All right. Thanks, guys. See ya. <laughs>